Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit robblack.com. Robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black. This is my end of the year last podcast. Thanks for listening all year. Thanks for listening over the years. Stocks this year beat the odds. I think they're going to do it again in 2024. 2022, not great. 2023, pretty freaking fracking great. 2024 should be back to very good, normal, uh, historical averages. Things are making sense. We're getting a little further from the pandemic. We're getting a little further from incredibly cheap money. We're getting a little further from the Fed raising interest rates at a super fast rate. Can we normalize? 2023 was a splendid year. The S&P 500 index was up, good golly, 25%. And there was a march to it. The NASDAQ was up 40%. Fueled by an unexpectedly strong economy. Jobs that never went away, which we were expecting a recession the second half of the year, didn't really happen. Almost every single economist I follow was wrong. Some of them had soft landing, but a lot of them had economy struggling. Jobs being laid off. Now, yeah, tech had a lot of job layoffs, but not other parts of the economy. 2023 had the artificial intelligence ambitions realized for big tech companies. The prospect of interest rate cuts in 2024 became the phrase that pays in the back half of 2023. The bond market perked up after a historic downturn. I'm not a bond market guy. You got to know your limitations. That's like today's first lesson and the last lesson of the year, maybe, right? Investors bought the bubbly this was a good year and ending it with style is, a, is right to do the SP 500 isn't cheap it trades at 19 times next year's expected earnings but we're getting rate cuts expected three from the Federal Reserve all the recent data says inflation's cooling whether it's the PPI the CPE or the CPI it says inflation's getting softer and if you took look Look at numbers of inflation and you strip out rents. It's where the Fed wants to be. So we're basically waiting on rents to drop. So stocks look poised for a good year. Not a great year. We're not going to be up 40% in the NASDAQ and 20% in the S&P 500 next year. I would be very surprised by that. There's likely to be some volatility next year. Every year is likely to have some volatility. I embrace volatility. I was talking to some friends at a holiday event recently. Um, friends of the family, people that I don't really know. And they're like, what's your secret on investing? And I said, well, I like buying high quality names that have total addressable markets of 100 million to 1 billion. Names like Spotify, names like Microsoft, Facebook, Meta. Names like Google, names like, um, I think I said Apple, right? 
not that much of a rocket. And I'm going to go over some of these names uh, as the day goes on. Airbnb. They're the largest hotel company in America that has no hotels. So they don't have to build anything. They don't have to maintain anything. They don't have to fix anything. Companies like Visa, who dominate the slice of this Visa or MasterCard. I don't care. They own the the swipe network. For now. There's always be talk about fintechs that can come in and take their, their crown. NVIDIA. I told you to buy the hell out of it last year. You've done well if you did. There's some up and coming stocks that I want to look at next year to be part of the Magnificent Nine, not the Magnificent Seven. Companies like Adobe and Salesforce, they could certainly rise up. In my opinion. Always consult a partner advisor for taking action on the inside government on the show. Um, there's one company I don't talk a lot about, but I think they're very unique at what they do. Pinterest. So we'll go over these and much, much more as the show goes on. Um, but back to stocks beating the odds in 2023 and looking for a good 2024. A lot of Analysts and economists think that the year's already been pulled forward from 2024 because we had a late end of the year rally in 2023. So they're expecting some volatility, but they're also expecting lower interest rates. That'll grease the stock's path higher. It'll lower the cost of doing business. It'll boost liquidity. The housing market should get a little bit of revitalization. It didn't have a bad year, but just had a very narrow year, real estate. Not enough homes for sale. The ones that were, cash buyers sucked up and grabbed them. Very few people wanted to entertain the idea of a 6% or 7% or 8% mortgage. Now we're on that lower end again, 6%, and maybe next year in 2024 we can hit 5%. Or the fives is probably a better way of saying it. I tend to overfocus on technology. It's a problem. Because I know there's other sectors like healthcare and energy, consumer staples, utilities. Utilities are the sector that kind of has this, they own the bread and butter of income, dividends. But when the stock market had a big roar and the bond market ticked up to five and a quarter percent in the 10-year treasury, money markets were more attractive than utilities. I expect utilities to become more attractive than money markets, maybe late 2024 for income. Why would I own an, a utility stock? I want it unless it's for income. Why would I own a company like a McDonald's or a Target? I want it unless it's for income. There's always going to be big lists that come out at the end of the year. Um, and this year was a year of the Magnificent Seven. Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Alphabet, Tesla, NVIDIA, and Meta. We moved from FANG, the Facebook, Amazon, Alphabet, Netflix, Google. We moved from that area to a more of a focus on the Magnificent Seven. So we've, FANG stocks are so 2021 kind of thing. 
um, the biggest winner out there that was kind of a surprise was Toll Builder, Toll House, Toll, Toll Brothers, Toll House. They make cookies. They make cookies out of homes. Toll Brothers, no. They doubled this year. Um, kind of an interesting way to play it. What will next year hold? We're going to talk about it as we come along. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. One of my most favorite things to do is post on YouTube. YouTube is a channel. It's a, a network of television stations, essentially. I have one there. It's called Rob Black Show. It's all of my work. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Subscribe. I'm Rob Black. Join Rob Black in Sunnyvale, Saturday, January 20th, for Pints and Portfolios, a less formal event at a local watering hole for those close to retirement with 500000 or more in investable assets. Drop by January 20th from 11.30 a.m. till 2 for a little sunshine and a complimentary portfolio review or financial snapshot from Ryan Ignacio, CFP from EP Wealth Advisors. Whether you're on the road to retirement or already there, this financial snapshot can provide you with a second opinion analysis of where you are and highlight areas for improvement and opportunities for growth. Go to robblackshow.com and click the events tab. Find pints and portfolios and click to register. You'll answer a few simple questions about your situation and your confirmation email will provide all the details on the event and how to schedule your portfolio review. Space is limited and registration is required. So go to robblackshow.com today. That's robblackshow.com. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. So a lot of people ask me, what's my favorite stock? Maybe more importantly, what stock are you buying now? And this is a year that saw me pick up some Spotify. This is a year that saw me pick up some Uber. I bought more of my favorite names. I don't sell a lot of stocks, if I were to be honest with you. Um, I think I've sold three stocks in the last 15 years. I have large concentrated positions in Apple and Microsoft and NVIDIA. I like buying more of my favorite names. And there's an investment lesson that we can kind of throw down. My 401k did really, really well in the back half of 2023. Because my 401k, I don't do stocks in it. I could, but I don't. I tend to go large cap, mid cap, small cap. I tend to go international. And some sort of income. I, I choose off those five asset classes. I add a little bit of flavor with growth or value of large cap growth, large cap value, mid cap growth, mid cap value. But for the last few years, my mid caps, my small caps, and my international have done nothing until the back half of 2023. So with my mutual funds and my ETFs and my indexes, I kind of have a rule where I sell my winners and I buy more of my losers. If my large cap goes on a big run up halfway through the year or at the end of the year, I'll sell some of it and buy some of my small caps that might have underperformed. I do this to keep a percentage allocation. I never really want more than 50 or 60% large cap. I like 10 to 20% small, 10 to 20% mid cap. 
So if those don't do much and the large cap does all the work, I sell some large cap, I buy more small cap, mid cap. And that strategy worked well this year because in the back half of 2023, small cap and mid cap, were having miserable years, up 3%, up 2%. And then boom, over a one month period, up 12% each, up 14%. You're like, where did that rally come from? Well, I always tell you on the show that asset classes tend to work out well over time, whether it be stocks, bonds, or real estate. And then you can break down the stocks to large cap, mid cap, small cap. You can break them down to tech companies, retail companies. You can break them down to banking, finance. You can break them into uh, biotech, medical devices, uh, healthcare services. Like there's little breakdowns of every sector, right? And when you start getting high movement in like just the large cap, the Magnificent Seven. And you see the PEs going from 20 times earnings to 25 times earnings to 30 times earnings in a market where the average is somewhere between 15 and 18 over time. You're like, these guys look extremely pricey. I can tell you one of the things I used to do when I was uh, learning the industry, I used to go to the library on weekends and I would get um, some access to research. So your local library probably has some pretty high quality um, research in it. So some subscriptions. And I would read the stocks of like, oh gosh, maybe it was Intel back then, 25 years ago, right? And you'd see that it has a trading history between a five-year history on its PE between 12 and 24 times earnings. And when you take a look at it, you'd say, okay, well, it's trading at 20 times earnings. So historically, it's on the expensive side. And when there was a bad economy or bad market, you'd say it's traded 14 times earnings. So you're saying historically, it's on the cheaper side. PEs do matter. So in, as 2023 played out, you saw a big rally in the S&P 500. And that left small cap and mid cap and international stocks underperforming. And guess what? In the back half of 2023, they outperformed. And that's why my 401k, which is largely indexes and ETFs and mutual funds, did really well in the back half of the year. So I look at a company right now like Apple. I, I don't see a lot of growth there, I'm being honest with you. I see a lot of buybacks. I see a lot of cash. I see a dividend. I, I like the buybacks. I like the cash. I like the dividend. Um, I see basically everyone at the gym has those AirPods in. And in two or three years, they're not going to charge it like they used to, and people will buy them more. In two or three year, years from now, your phone's not going to charge like it used to, and you're going to say, I'm going to get a new one. So they have a replacement cycle, and when you have a billion people glued to your ecosystem, that's what I love about Apple is their ecosystem. That... All my photos of my children are in the Apple Cloud. I pay something like $32 a month to back up my phone, the spouse, the kids, and all their photos. When a phone gets lost in my family, I'm like, don't worry about it. We got all the information in the cloud. Nothing to stress over. And I pay that every single month, every single year year after year after year and they're going to raise the price on me 
subscriptions are the most powerful thing I've ever seen on Wall Street. And I learned that lesson incredibly oddly enough from AOL, America Online. When you can get people giving you monthly money, Wall Street loves it. Netflix, what was it, the first couple of years, like six ninety nine, dollars one or two DVDs in the mail? And they're like, you want two or three? It's going to be eight ninety nine, And you, no late charges. Keep the DVD as long as you want. One. 25 years ago, I went through like season after season of um, Sopranos because of Netflix. I'd get like basically nine episodes, three CDs, uh, DVDs on the weekend. I'd burn through them all, send them back into Netflix, and they'd send me the next nine episodes. Subscription models are really powerful, and that's what I like about Apple. That's why I own Apple. I don't own it for the new phone. I don't own it. Like Next year will be actually be a pretty good year because the watch is celebrating 10 years, and you're going to see blood pressure come to the watch. That's going to be a big thing. Ten. Let's talk about some more of my favorite stocks after this. Find me online on YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show on YouTube channel. Rob Black. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I want to talk about some of my favorite stocks at this point of show. I've talked about Apple. I like it for the services. I've owned it for, good golly, the late 1990s. I wrote a newsletter, and I still have it in my desk. I used to write a newsletter called 2020 Insight. And it wasn't about being an optometrist. It was about, it was the first name of my radio show at one point in time. 2020 Insight. It's funny, right? Um, the website was 2020-INS-I-G-H-T. And Apple was struggling. It was a $6 shock. So back then it was probably like $1 when you count for stock splits. They almost went out of business. Microsoft had to step in and lend them money to make the Department of Justice happy. It's really, really weird to think about that. But I wrote an article... And there was a company called B Operating Systems, and Apple didn't have a great operating system. Ultimately, they brought Steve Jobs back from Next Software, made him the CEO again after kicking him out earlier in the 90s. Um, but there was, an op- there was a chance where this guy named Jean-Louis Gasset, he did B Operating Systems, and it was beautiful. And Apple was sniffing around the company. So I wrote an article, Can Apple Be Saved?, and the answer was, question mark, maybe. And it was B operating system. It's very clever, right? So I've owned Apple for a long period of time. When you go to the gym and you look at people in their hand, they have an Apple phone, they have Apple AirPods, they have Apple Watches. It's the largest watchmaker in the country, in the world. And you're like, I didn't know that. I, you're like, Rolex? No. It's status symbol. So Apple designs, manufactures, and markets smartphones, personal computers, tablets, wearables, and accessories. The company also offers a variety of related services. They're famous for the iPhone, the iOS. We've made jokes like when Steve Jobs died, he invented the iCoffin, which is a glass, beautiful coffin 
where you can like do you see how iconic it is you're like there's no such thing as an eye coffin so yeah i I do like apple but this year was the story of nvidia they pioneered accelerated computing to help solve the most challenging computational problems the company's graphics processing units gpus were initially used to simulate human imagination enabling virtual worlds and video games nvidia has leveraged its gpu architecture to create platforms for scientific computing artificial intelligence data science autonomous vehicles robotics metaverse 3D internet applications and more. They have brands like the GE Force, Quadro. They're known for enterprise workstation graphics. They make the video work and the audio work that I do. Those raw files have to be crunched incredibly fast. The company generates 30% of its total revenue from the United States. Um, so it gets a lot of revenue internationally. You know, people say you should buy international stocks. Totally agree. And you kind of do that if you think about it. Um, sometimes with companies that have diverse revenue. So, yeah, I own NVIDIA and I'm not ashamed of it. I think it's one of the cheapest stocks of the Magnificent Seven. Them and Google are probably my two favorites for 2024. Meta as well. Notice I'm not saying Apple. I like Apple, but it's pricey. You got to be honest with yourself. So I'm doing a strategy where I'm writing options against my large position to generate income. I'm able to generate a significant income from stock not going higher if you have a good options accessibility like I do with EP Wealth, um, I use a company that it's kind of like a product of a financial planner. So they write covered calls and puts, and they have multiple strategies. But it's interesting because when you write options as a strategy, very few people want to call away your stock. They want to deal with the option that's a quarter, that's a buck and a half, it's $3. They don't want to buy, you know, $10 million of your stock. They want to deal with the wins and losses on the small level because they're exponentially bigger. So I've been using an income strategy on all my Apple shares, and I've been generating really good income in the last year, and I haven't lost one single share. I don't just hold it. I'm using it as leverage into options. It is not strategy i recommend most people do now keep in mind i'm saying apple's expensive that's why i'm doing options on it i don't expect the stock to go higher i expect to generate income off the holding the stock nvidia is a stock i also own i think it's attractive i think it's a 700 dollars stock in the next 12 months it's the cheapest of the ai narrative stocks out there they've had two quarters of their new product Wall Street works in PEs. What is the price to earnings in the last 12 months? What is the price to earnings in the next 12 months? And on a PE level, it's cheaper than Apple. Um, AI has boomed. Multiples have compressed by two-thirds during the same period. So 
their multiples on their PE is compressed. They've gotten cheaper in the last six months because they're below out earnings. It trades at roughly 25 times next year's earnings, and it's growing at almost 30%. I also like AMD, but AMD trades at 40 times earnings. So I like NVIDIA more than I like AMD, but AMD is coming off a much smaller number, and they haven't had the blowout earnings yet. When they do, it's going to look incredibly cheap. AMD's got some good product. NVIDIA's got some freaking great product. And unlike the movies in the 1990s that we grew up where the 18-year-old male had a crush on the cheerleader, and the cheerleader you know, ultimately used him and broke his heart and went after the football player, leaving the hero of the movie to suddenly be down in the dumps, and the cheerleader's sister comes up, and she's the nerd, and she comforts him and says, it's okay, you're a good guy, everyone loves you, and she takes off her glasses, and holy smoke, she's hot. Unlike that scenario, you don't have to go for the the, the second sister, who's been pretty all this time, like AMD. You can actually go for NVIDIA, the cheerleader. NVIDIA is going to release its follow-up highest-end H100 chip with the H200 chip, and that hasn't even sold yet. So that's going to have four quarters of creating PEs that look better. I like both AMD and NVIDIA. Is that fair to say, or do you hate me for that? Don't hate the hater. No, I don't know if that makes sense. I really like Google for the next 12 months as well. I think that's a $200 plus stock. Um, Google's not as good as Microsoft in AI next year. Because Google doesn't have the enterprise like Microsoft does. And what I'm telling you, enterprise, what I'm talking about is I work for EP Wealth and I work for Cron Television and I work for Salem Broadcasting, Salem Media. And I'm not giving away any secrets here, but they all use, they all give me a desktop and it's all Microsoft. That's the enterprise. <clears throat> One of them is giving me access to ChatGPT and they're paying 30 bucks a month for that. And ChatGPT is basically a product for Microsoft to sell into its Microsoft 365, which is Outlook and it's Word and it's the whole suite of Office products. And they've AI enabled it with things like Copilot. So the enterprise pays for one license for me for Office 365 and they've added on the ChatGPT. Makes me hella productive. I can say a thing... Like, I'm not a real estate agent, but let's pretend I'm a real estate agent. I could tell ChatGPT, find me a list of apartments in Miami that's one mile away from the football stadium that has beach access and lots of windows. And ChatGPT will look through all the data and it'll spit out a list of seven apartments. So if I was a realtor... And my client said, I want to be really close to sports and uh, music, and I want to be on the beach. Suddenly, the real estate agent doesn't have to go through the list, doesn't have to figure out what has what. They could just ask ChatGPT, and it'll go find all that data for you. It's really a hella productive way of doing business. Um, 
I mean, when I see a headline come across, it throws me a little bit. So, yeah, I like Google or Alphabet for 2024, and I also like Microsoft, but I like Google Meta the most, um, as well as um, NVIDIA for valuations. Also, I like Uber. Uber was the stock that I bought this year. They had two quarters in a row of being profitable. Guess what? They're going to have two more quarters of being profitable. Now, do I think it has as much upside now as it did at the beginning of the year? No. But long-term, I'm going to accumulate it. I'm not going to sell it because I don't think they have competition. It's a, I buy stocks to give to my kids. Every stock that I'm mentioning today are stocks I would buy more of when they do. So in down markets, I'm the happiest person on the planet. I like buying companies that have no competitors or few competitors. I like buying companies that have 100 million to a billion plus users. I like companies that can slowly raise prices. One thing, about, one thing I'll tell you about NVIDIA, in the end, it's a, mostly a, it's, a, it's a heavy hardware company, and that bothers me because they have to keep getting smaller, cheaper, faster, and it's tough to raise prices in that world. We'll talk more about this in just a second. I'm Rob Black. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archive podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. So something I want to throw down for you is I know I talk a lot of tech stocks, but as I get older and I'm trying to pass on my love of stock market and investing to my children, I'm not against buying stuff like McDonald's. I no longer need to make money this year. I no longer need to beat the markets. I no longer need to show the world I'm smarter than Warren Buffett. I've been doing this since the late 1990s. There was a stock back then called McDonald's. It was a $23 stock. Today, it's a $290 stock. I could have made just as much money owning McDonald's as I did Apple. And I would have got more dividends along the way. And I would have been singing, ba da ba 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 I'm loving it. Or Costco. Or Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola in the late 1990s was a $10 stock. Now it's a $58 stock. So Coca-Cola is nice, but McDonald's is nicer. Um, I'd buy McDonald's today. If I was going to hold it for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Not one year. I like talking tech stocks because you can make just fantastic gains in one year. Um, go with me on that, okay? It's okay to own a McDonald's or a Costco. It's okay to own a Target where you're not going to make money in year one, maybe not even year two. But over time, you're going to do nice. 2023, McDonald's reintroduced something called a Grimace Shake. And they introduced these like McNugget characters from the 1980s. They are so slick. And like, I, I hate McDonald's food. I used to make a dirty joke about my love life in McDonald's. Like, I only do that twice a year. <laughs> and that was the funny thing is it was eating McDonald's. It wasn't a dirty joke at all. And it's typically on vacation. I said, I only do that twice a year. And it's typically on vacation. Somewhere exotic and fun. And then everyone's like, oh, you're talking dirty. I'm like, no, eat McDonald's. I'm not, it, it, you don't eat them, the, you, you don't like them for their food. You like them for their convenience and every chicken nugget tastes the same around the world. Every Big Mac tastes the same around the world. The fries, I don't know how they do it. 
they can they can make and sell french fries cheaper than I can do them at home. So I like Airbnb. It's one of my favorite stocks. It's not going to do anything in one year. It's going to do stuff over time. They are earning money. Um, kids today are putting off savings for retirement, savings for putting money into a home. And they're going, I'm just going to go live life. I'm going to go get an Airbnb in Miami. I'm going to go get an Airbnb in France. I'm going to go get an Airbnb. Airbnb doesn't have any hotels. They, they use your host, your home. You're paying the mortgage on it. They're not. I think it's part of a long-term trend. I also like Expedia. I see upside in both stocks over the next two, three, four, five years. Travel and tourism are big. And I think it only gets bigger as homes become less affordable. Um, Expedia is at an inflection point. They'll see significant growth in revenue improved EBITDA in 2024. Airbnb has fundamental strength of its business. Its risk-reward profile is not great after having a fantastic year. I like Amazon. Amazon had great quarter. Um, they're still off their all-time high. Their uh, web services are fantastic. Nice grower. Is it my all-time favorite stock? No, but it's one of my favorite stocks for 2024. It'll be in $200 range, I believe, in 2024, based on AI and shipping. A few years ago, Amazon had to count on UPS and FedEx and the U.S. Post Office to, to deliver their, their goods. They're now the large shipping company. I like Uber. Uber's better than Lyft, in my opinion. And they have a CEO who's turned the company profitable. Uber is an action firm, like Google is an action firm. Um, I once was talking to a woman on the air, and I was like, hey, I just looked you up, and um, you're attractive. Or I said something like that. I don't know what I said. I said something along those lines. <clears throat> and she says, you Googled me. Of course, I said, oh, yeah, I got caught. I Googled you. Like, you can go Google me right now and take a look at some of my older pictures. Um, hit images and Google Rob Black, and you're going to learn that there's a lot of Rob Blacks in the world. There's a singer-songwriter from Europe, the UK. No, I'm not him. There's a porn producer. I'm definitely not him. There's many of us, but you'll find me. I like Netflix. I think it's a $500 plus stock. Um, I think they benefited enormously from the writer's strike and the actor's strike. Um, but right after those ended, they're like, oh, we're raising prices a buck or two. I like that they have 100 million plus people who subscribe. I like the volume of let's add $1 or $2 to subscriptions. Stock I've recently become enamored with and started acquiring is Pinterest. Um, their advertising revenues in the quarter strong interest is very similar to meta interest is very similar to snap i can't own every stock but i own meta and i own pinterest um interest has double digit year over year growth in revenue they've got a decline in operating expenses they've got innovations in advertising particularly what are called mobile deep links they're driving conversions and improving cost per action they have a partnership with Amazon expected to contribute to growth in early 2024. Management confidence is high. The platform presents its best product market fit in years as far as ad loads go. Now, anything could always happen when I'm talking about stocks. Israel could invade 
Hamas, uh, Palestine, and Gaza. It, it, anything can happen. So you can't say, I'm going to put my lunch money or my house money in the stock market. It has to be your long-term investments. That's why I don't sell stocks. I acquire them. I own more of them. I buy them on debts. Um, Airbnb, um, I've hit that pretty good. I like applied materials. I particularly like a company uh, called Taiwan Semiconductor, which manufactures semiconductors. I'm giving, you, I'm giving you a lot of good names to do a lot of homework and research on. you got to do the research. Um, I buy Visa every single year, and anytime there's a market correction, I buy more. That's my approach to buying great companies is acquire more of them when they're down. You have to be you. I'm showing you me. Hopefully you can learn something from each other, right? You can always find me on YouTube on the channel Rob Black Show. I want those numbers to go up. I do shorts. I put all my work on YouTube under Rob Black Show. Good day. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Join Rob Black in Sunnyvale, Saturday, January 20th, for Pints and Portfolios, a less formal event at a local watering hole for those close to retirement with 500000 or more in investable assets. Drop by January 20th from 11.30 a.m. till 2 for a little sunshine and a complimentary portfolio review or financial snapshot from Ryan Ignacio, CFP from EP Wealth Advisors. Whether you're on the road to retirement or already there, this financial snapshot can provide you with a second opinion analysis of where you are and highlight areas for improvement and opportunities for growth. Go to robblackshow.com and click the events tab. Find Pints and Portfolios and click to register. You'll answer a few simple questions about your situation and your confirmation email will provide all the details on the event and how to schedule your portfolio review. Space is limited and registration is required, so go to robblackshow.com today. That's robblackshow.com. 